0: This episode of Locked On Dolphins is committed to a potential trade-up target at the offensive tackle position, Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Wright. How he'd fit, who he is, and where the Dolphins would have to try to select him if they wanted to add him to the roster for 2023. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day what is going on Dolphins fans it is Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins your team every day here on the Locked on Network today's Monday April 3rd 2023 and today on the show we are looking at Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Wright this is a player who has built a lot of first round momentum Unlikely to be at the Dolphins spot at 51, but worth grading for the potential that Miami may make an aggressive move to go get an individual player in the same light of other prospects we have discussed, like Darnell Washington at the tight end position. Welcome to Lockdown Dolphins. I appreciate you guys making Lockdown Dolphins your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. NFL DraftNake for about the last 10 years now, the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with Joe Marino, dedicated to team building across the entire NFL, and continuing through our offensive tackle studies. We, of course, did Anton Harrison this morning as the first offensive tackle study. He is another player who is unlikely to be available for the Dolphins at pick 51, but we can't dismiss this team being aggressive and going out and selecting a player on their own, that might not fit within the confines of what you would expect to see for the Dolphins at 51 overall. Uh, You can find Locked on Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, We are going to be working through Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, starting with his athletic profile. We are covering, of course, the same three questions we always do. Who he is, how he would fit, and where the Dolphins would have to draft him. So, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, Tennessee, senior tackle, 6051 at the NFL Combine, so six foot five and one eighth of an inch, 333 pounds, 33 and three quarters inch arm length. Uh, it ran a 501 second, 40 yard dash at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis with a 1.81 10 yard split. Jumped 29 inches in the vertical jump and had a a 114-inch standing broad jump. Some really likable numbers here for Darnell Wright, who took a massive step forward this past season for Tennessee. He's been a long-tenured player with the Volunteers, but this year with the Josh Heupel offense and the spread that they run, it really felt like this was the uh, put-it-all-together year. For Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright was born August 10th, 2001. No slips of the tongue this week as compared to last week. He was born in 2001. So he will be turning 23, 22 years old during his senior season. Or during during his rookie season. It's a five-star recruit. One of the nation's 10 top prospects coming out of Huntington High School in West Virginia. He played in the 2019 Under Armour All-America game. Um was a standout performer early in his career playing guard, started five or started two games at right guard, also started five games at right tackle. Then in 2020, started nine games at right tackle. Then in 2021, started all 13 games at left tackle. And then in 2022, went back to right tackle, led the team in snaps with 895 offensive snaps. That's um, it's pretty impressive lineage to play inside and outside and play both sides of the line of scrimmage. And for Darnell Wright, that is something that is going to dramatically aid his draft stock. The fact that you can project him at left tackle, the fact that he had his blossoming year at right tackle after starting his first two years on the right side of the line is probably not something to ignore. The good news for Dolphins, the Dolphins would be that is the quarterback's blind side is the right tackle spot. Um, prototypical build. Uh, I think there's probably some debate for some, whether this is a guard or a tackle. Uh, I think he is built like a tackle, but I do think some of the functional movement skills for Darnell Wright as a player would probably project to a higher ceiling at guard, not dissimilar to Robert Hunt and what Robert Hunt has been for the Dolphins. So, Uh, I would certainly say Darnell Wright with his ability to play on either side of the line and playing inside and outside. When you factor in his movement skills, I think he'd be a contender for both of the, the offensive line spots that Miami would need to have addressed. Who he is on tape, he's most avidly renowned for the effort he put forth against Will Anderson in the University of Alabama when Tennessee knocked Alabama off at home this past fall. That tape was impressive. You could see the natural strength that Darnell Wright affords. You can see the ability to uh, control with latch strength and some hand techniques to be able to break down pass rushers when they are trying to engage in hand-to-hand combat with him. But as far as that being the hallmark game for Darnell Wright, the concern that I had in that game was Will Anderson spent a disproportionate amount of that game playing drop eight. We talked about this with Anton Harrison this morning with these spread offenses in college, and that's super prevalent in the Big 12. But when you play Tennessee with the way that Josh Heupel's offense spaces the field, you have to play more bodies in coverage, and Tennessee would catch Alabama in drop eight coverage with Will Anderson in and a four-eye, so he's the inside shade of the inside shoulder of Darnell Wright, and they'd run tempo and no huddle and get you stuck with that personnel on the field. Now, that's not to say Darnell Wright doesn't have a lot of really likable skills at his disposal. Uh, you you look at the athletic profile that he affords. His weight at 333 pounds is 89th percentiles for offensive tackle since 2000. But at the same time, his 5.0140 yard dash is the uh, 90th percentile. His vertical jump of 29 inches is 61st percentile and a standing broad jump of I'm going to do the math here bless me, six feet or nine feet and six inches is 94th percentile for offensive tackles at 333 pounds. A lot of linear lower body explosiveness with Darnell, right? And you see that, you see that in the run game. You see that when he is anchoring, you see that when he is delivering blows in protection in short sets and jump sets. When he is on his base, whether he's moving forward or backward, he is a load. An absolute load. Of course, the challenge for Miami is the acknowledgement, and I will openly acknowledge this, the buzz and momentum here is pushing towards Darnell Wright being a top 25 pick. But we're doing Darnell Wright because this would not be the first time in NFL history that a player got buzz in March and April and then didn't go in that stratosphere because that's kind of what this time of year for teams and agents is all about regardless. Trying to control the narrative and influence teams to draft you as soon as possible. Do I think it's likely that Darnell Wright gets out of the first round? No. It's also not impossible that the Dolphins go up and get a player if they absolutely feel like they're one player away from immediately addressing and relieving all of the issues that are, are going to be possessing the offensive line. So I couldn't dismiss Darnell Wright as a possibility. Uh, we're, we'll talk more about like where you would have to draft him and the strategy that would be involved in the third segment, but I wanted to set the table that this is a, t- a player that is generally perceived to be one of the top, top five tackles. Uh, you project him, I would probably say Paris Johnson, DeWan Jones, and Broderick Jones all go in front of him for sure. Whether or not Peter Skaronsky does... Peter Skaronsky is a more technically refined player. Um, I think they move comparably well to one another, but Darnell Wright's a bigger player, and Peter Skaronsky's more technical. Just to foil those players against each other and kind of paint the picture, uh, but this is a player who I, th- I think would have some ample guard tackle versatility appeal for the Dolphins with their system. And we'll talk a little bit more about how he fits as soon as I tell you all about our friends over at Ultimate Football GM, which is the ultimate challenge for the ultimate football fan. We have talked about this game. If you believe that you are a good GM in the making, you need to cut your teeth. Perhaps Ultimate Football GM is the game for you. You're responsible for controlling and managing every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty, Responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing the finances, negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating free agency, the draft, player personnel issues, and all of the ups and downs of a season in a challenging and realistic game world. Best of all, in my mind, Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want to and when you want to. Locked on Dolphins listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. That is locked on in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GM, start your dynasty today. So, how does Darnell Wright fit the Dolphins? How would Darnell Wright fit the Dolphins? With his movement skills, I think I like him better for the Dolphins at guard. Now, he has the length and the sphere and the influence of a tackle. So I get it. You're going to look at his build. You're going to look at his height. You're going to say, yeah, this, this guy's meant to play on the outside. But when I graded Darnell Wright in, against the position-specific traits that I have for the Dolphins and what I perceive to be the most critical for their offense, the 10 traits are as follows. Pass protection, lateral mobility, gravitational pull, football intelligence, power at the point of attack, balance, blocking in space, anchor ability, versatility, and hand technique. The three biggest pieces of influence are pass protection, lateral mobility, and gravitational pull. That is the top shelf of traits as far as I am concerned when I am evaluating offensive linemen to play in this system. I wish I had their input. They haven't called me back. So we're just going to work with what I perceive and how I perceive the strengths and how I perceive the game uh, for the time being. Uh, Miami, Chris, call me back. We'll talk about it. I'll refine this however you want to, and then we can get the totally accurate rankings and get that all sorted out. I think Darnell Wright is highly proficient in two of these three areas pass protection, and gravitational pull. He is such a large, wide body. And he has really powerful hands, and he probably has the most technically proficient hand usage as far as breaking down off the defensive linemen. And what I mean by that is if I'm going to rush you and I'm going to throw my inside arm to try to stab into the center of your chest to knock your pads up, create that knockback, and win first contact so I can continue to roll my momentum through as a pass rusher. His ability to force that inside hand that's thrown at the center of his chest to miss, or if I meet you with both hands, to knock and splay your hands off of his frame to which now he has his hands on you and your hands are discarded and outside of the frame of the two of you uh, to really break you down. He does that as a high level. He really likes to use this snatch technique in which he will get you up on the shoulder pads and he will try to bury you down into the ground at his feet. And you saw him go to the well probably more often than he should have against some wide-angled rushers. Uh, But it's a highly effective move because of the functional strength that he has and the hand power that he has to be able to really rip guys off their sets. So from a pass protection standpoint, you look at the width of his frame You look at the linear explosiveness that he does have to get some vertical sets. And you look at the gravitational pull of as guys are entering into his area, he really carves you into him and allows you or enforces you to work off of a half of his frame. And with how wide his frame is, it's very difficult to detach from that. But the lateral mobility, especially in comparison to Anton Harrison we did as the study from Oklahoma. I think that's a stark difference between these two players. And that's part of the reason why I like Darn right for the Dolphins, specifically as somebody who would be playing inside. Where you have the bumpers. right? The bumpers, you go bowling, you're like me, you suck at bowling. You've got a center on your one side, and then you've got a tackle on your other side. They're bumpers. right? You can play off of those bodies. You have protection. If you're the tackle and you're on the front side, you got to really hoof it. Now, you, if you're able to create a lot of lateral displacement with your hand power in it, as you're flowing laterally, which Darno Wright can do, you can open up that gap, you can widen that edge, and the back can kind of push off your hip and then cut back inside. But if you're the backside tackle, and you've got a three technique, and you've got to try to run with that guy, and the whole line is slanting away from you, that lateral flow for you to stay in that hip can be a challenge conversely in pass protection when he's on an island and he's met with inside counters you saw that Brian Brzee from Clemson in the bowl game got him a few times hard upfield charge flattened across his face the ability to laterally redirect and protect his inside was an area that he struggled with because he was stressed to get vertically up the field And it created uneven levels with his guard and himself. Whereas if you were playing inside at guard, the level is a little bit more slanted and gradual from the center at the high point down to the tackle as the outside player. So I think he'd be a phenomenal addition in the run game. Uh, Either way, I think he is a little bit more of a gap concept blocker than a true zone system blocker. Now Miami's done them both. Right? It's not a kiss of death to say, oh, he's a gap system player and the Dolphins are a wide zone team. It's not going to work. Uh, they pulled him a lot at tackle. Uh, really had a lot of success on those opportunities to really seal, create chunk gains by sealing an interior gap. But just the hand power that he has is, is, and the, the linear explosiveness that he has, you want him coming off the ball. I think you get more opportunities to do that, more protection for this Dolphin system at guard. Uh, So for me, if I were targeting Darnell Wright, even though he's a natural right tackle, and he started the majority of his college games, started 42 games in college, the majority of them at right tackle, I think his ceiling is highest at guard. Sound familiar? Sounds a heck of a lot like Robert Hunt. I think this is the same kind of player. Now, whether or not he's available in the same range is probably going to be determined by when the tackle run starts which is what we are going to be committing the last bit of our time here to uh, in the discussion on Darnell Wright and just to set the table for you guys I'm working on Blake Freeland next I think it's very highly likely that Blake Freeland would be available at 51 I'm spending a lot of time on this player because I have a lot of thoughts on this player on Blake Freeland but we are done with Darnell Wright and we're not going to do a show on Broderick Jones or Peter Skronsky or Dewan Jones or Paris Johnson. Those four are generally perceived top 25 picks at tackle. But how soon the run starts could be a determining factor on if Darnell Wright were to find himself slipping out of the first round. And if he's out of the first round, I think you could very well see him being in the strike zone for Miami to go up, make an attacking move, and make a splash. So that's what we're going to cover here on the last bit of today's show. We're going to talk about the dynamics of the tackle class and the state of needs for tackles across the NFL and how that may impact what is probably going to be the fifth tackle off the board. Here's the good news. Tackles are a premium position. You saw two go in the top eight last year with Ike McQuanu and Evan Neal. I don't think you get, you might get one in the top eight this year. And I'm looking at the, the, the Raiders. Because you have Carolina, quarterback Houston, quarterback Arizona. Maybe they desperately need defensive tackle. They're a trade-out candidate as well. Indianapolis needs a quarterback. Seattle just drafted two tackles in the first three rounds last year. Detroit has Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell big money players at their two tackle spots. The Raiders have Colton Miller and a whole bunch of nothing on their offensive line. I really like their third-round rookie from last year, um, the Memphis kid, but he's a guard, center tight. Atlanta just paid Kayla McGarry. They have a number of high-value contracts on their offensive line, including they gave Chris Lindstrom at guard $20 million per. I don't think that's in play for tackle. So that's the top eight. You're a quarter of the way through the first round. You might get through without a single tackle. Especially if if Jalen Carter were to to fall, the Raiders need defensive line help as well. Then you got the the Bears at nine, who traded out of one. You have to think that's a very highly probable offensive tackle spot, although I look at their defensive end room as well. And they have a defensive-minded head coach in Matt Eberflus. That's not warm and fuzzies for a tackle, but it's also very viable to get a tackle. I think Tennessee is the first kind of landmark spot. They paid Andre Dillard 9.3 per. They have Nicholas Petit Frere, who's a right tackle, who was a third-round pick last year. Maybe that prevents them from drafting a tackle. I'd be surprised if it did. So Tennessee feels like a good spot. Houston back again at 12. The Jets, the million-dollar question is, is that pick going to be yours? Is that going to be Green Bay's pick with an Aaron Rodgers trade? If the Jets keep the pick, is you're paying uh, Mekhi Becton, who you probably would be wise not to trust, but they have a player in Max Mitchell who's played some some meaningful time for them uh, last year as a rookie. And then they also have a $10 million per season contract in Dwayne Brown. Is that enough to prevent you from uh, drafting a tackle? Probably not. I would say Tennessee and the Jets are very strong probabilities for tackle spots if that pick is the Jets. Then you have New England. I think that's a feasible tackle spot. It's also a feasible corner spot. Green Bay. Is David Bakhtiari going to be back healthy? And are you going to take Elton Jenkins and play him at the other tackle spot again this year? If so, maybe that's not a tackle spot. Then you kind of get into it with like Pittsburgh, 17, 17. Tampa Bay, 19. The Chargers are unlikely because they brought back um, Trey Pipkins and they're getting Rayshon Slater back healthy, and then they had a sixth-round pick uh, from Georgia who played pretty well last year. It's probably going to take a guard spot for them. So Chargers seem unlikely. So through the top 21 picks, you've got the Bears at 9, the Titans at 11, the Jets at 13, maybe the Patriots at 14, and then you have Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay in the top 20. That's six spots. Now, if they all run, Darnell Wright he's going to be out of here. But if they don't all run, then maybe you're looking at a spot where you could see this developing to the point where Miami maybe get start you start getting into their strike zone a little bit. what's tough is you have Cincinnati at 28 you have Kansas City at 31. if you want to get up in front of those teams who both definitively currently have a need at right tackle again, we're assuming Jonah Williams is off the roster for the Bengals and and they move on from Lao Collins. your trade partners like is Buffalo gonna do business with you at 27? is Dallas gonna? you know is Dallas at 26 you start getting any further than that and you're you're really pushing it getting up there from 51 giants jacksonville like that that's probably costing you next year's one to get up into the mid 20s so there's a very defined strike zone if the early portions of this go tackle heavy I'd say you have a better chance of seeing Darnell Washington get outside the top 36 picks than you do Darnell Wright. But we are doing our due diligence in the event that the buzz on Darnell Wright is buzz and not legitimate hype. And the fact that he played in, I don't want to say gimmicky offense, but the the Tennessee offense um, gave you a lot of opportunities to get quick wins in the passing game and get shallow angles in the passing game. But when you tested Darnell Wright's landmarks, that's where you really saw him stressed and get out over top of himself and overextend and lose his base. So much so that for me, I'd evaluate him at guard. He did not grade particularly well at tackle. You know, and we've talked about this week some scheme-specific incidences of, of rankings and how they impact how players score versus where players actually get drafted. I'd love to see Darnold right in the Dolphins' uniform with the intention of playing him at guard. Um, but if you're talking about a top 20 player, I think it can be beneficiary for the Dolphins for getting somebody else uh, who's a better true fit for this system down into their lap. That's just my two cents. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed discussion on darn Wright. Obviously this one's a little bit of a reach versus where the, the projections have him currently, but never say never with the NFL draft. And that's why we're, we're going to be really thorough and comprehensive. Uh, I will say never say never with Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, Peter Skronsky, and Broderick Jones. We're not doing solo shows on them, but Blake Freeland is next the tackle from BYU. So make sure you hit subscribe here on the channel and keep it locked in on locked on dolphins, your team every day. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Podcasts, Appreciate you guys making us a part of your daily routine. Make it a great rest of your day. Fins up. Keep it locked in here on Locked on Dolphins. I'll talk with you all again soon. Peace.